Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Matt Redler about finding top talent globally to do remote work right. Matt Redler, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. John, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, it is a pleasure to be with you. I'm super excited to have this conversation with you today and to have the chance to meet. We've been preparing for this uh, episode for a while now. And today we're going to be focusing on the world of work moving into the future with sourcing talent globally and the, the remote work world. Now, of course, during this global pandemic, we've all been thrust into remote work and organizations that have never done anything in the in that space have had to figure it out. But you know, as we as we get further and further into it, more and more organizations are pulling back, you know, some are maintaining remote um, teams, others are moving more towards a hybrid kind of a format, while others are saying, no, 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 we want everyone coming back in person and trying to enforce that. Um, we can talk about the pros and cons of all those different avenues, uh, but I know your, your specialty is really in remote work and how to do it right, and also how to source talent globally. And one of the greatest benefits that I think has come through this shift towards and this acceleration towards more remote work during the pandemic is that we've broken down the artificial geographic barriers to who we can hire to do work for our organization. That existed before, but you know, mentally we we still felt like we had to have people working for us who lived right around our headquarters or where our office was. And now I think for the first time for many organizations, they're really leaning into this idea that I can get great people anywhere as long as I can find them. Uh, and that's that's tremendous because in leaning into the distributed workforce model um, opens up all sorts of possibilities. So these are all the things we're going to be talking about in our conversation today. As we get started, I wanted to share Matt's bio with everybody. Matt Redler is CEO at Panther, the people suite for remote teams. There, he's working on building the economic infrastructure for the remote world. Through remote work, Matt believes that talent across the world, no matter where they are, can get access to great work opportunities and that people can start living lives with more agency to be where they're happiest. Prior to Panther, Matt founded Chefit, a personal chef startup. Matt is passionate about speech and debate and boxing. Uh, wonderful. I mean, I have a, I have like a, a hanging heavy bag in my basement, you know, just for exercise. Uh, but that's about the extent of it for me for boxing. <laughs> for sure. For me, it's that one hour a day where I 
can't think of nothing with business. Uh, just, just the bag in front of me, you know? Yeah. We, we all need the opportunity for mental reset, right. Um, mm-hmm. and to be mindful and present. And for many, that's various forms of exercise and boxing. That's a great way to do it. And oh my goodness, for anyone, anyone listening who has never like really gone at like a heavy bag, um, if you want a really good workout and you want a good way to just clear your mind, that is a great way to do it. And in fact, a lot of times my wife will, she'll kind of chuckle because if she hears me down in the basement doing the heavy bag, she knows that I probably just got off a frustrating meeting or <laughs> something like that. And I'm just trying to like cleanse, you know, uh, the tension away. You can hit a few birds with that stone of just hitting the boxing bag. Yeah, absolutely. Well, fantastic. You have a really fun background. Um, and why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about Panther and what you're doing there in terms of, you know, you, you frame it as the people suite for remote teams. What are you doing there at Panther? And then we can start to dive into really what this looks like um, as we try to do remote work effectively and, and source talent effectively globally. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, at Panther, you know, our purpose is to empower work from anywhere. We believe it unlocks so many things. It uh, creates an opportunity for companies to you know, hire the best people on the planet. It creates economic opportunity for folks all over. It, uh, you know, as you mentioned, creates a lot of agency in our lives and allows us to uh, explore the world. Uh, it's, it's quite exciting. And so what that actually manifests itself into is we are removing um, all the bureaucracy and complications around remote work. Uh, in, in simple terms, we're building a bundled suite of tools that makes it easy to hire anyone anywhere and run a first-class team that works from anywhere. So we are you know, reinventing everything from how do you find talent around the world to how do you get them their equipment so that they can you know, be productive from day one? How do you build connectivity within the team? How do you uh, provide benefits all over the world? How do you run background checks all over the world? Um, so that people don't have to worry about location and could just say, we want to hire Maria. She was the best for the job. And that's it, plain and simple. Yeah. And, and do you do work with the labor law and, and legal components of hiring people from various countries and, and you know, all, all those complexities? That is one of the really challenging pieces. And I know it's, oh, yeah. it's something that a lot of organizations, they don't know what they don't know. And so they're fearful about even getting into that space. Makes sense. Um, the, the beauty of Panther is, and number one, it, it, yes, it's very, very difficult to do what we do. Um, and candidly, it's, it's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of audits of local employment laws and yeah, all this kind of, you know, very uh, interesting or not so interesting stuff. But what it allows companies to do is what we get so pumped about, which is, um, you know, gain the confidence to know that those things are handled. Um, and to take advantage of the superpowers that come when those things don't get in your way. To, you know, a quick kind of uh, implication of that is, of course, you can hire incredible talent from around the world, uh, but also you can be closer to your customers. Uh, you can, you know, uh, hire people who uh, come from the backgrounds of your customers and can share their perspectives or are part of the same time zones. Uh, really drive your business forward and grow from being a local business to an everywhere business. And really, honestly, so many organizations um, are, are scared of, of this. They're scared of a lack of control. They're scared of the complexity. Uh, and when I see executives, CEOs suggesting that, you know, the, we're getting towards the ending stages of the, the pandemic. And now, you know, you've all had your fun. You've all been remote. You've all had that flexibility. But now is the time we're all coming back to the office. When I see people doing that. I, 
what I see is still fear-based kind of mentality and a control-based mentality of how you think about your organization and your people. Um, now, are there benefits to being together in person when possible? Sure. There, I mean, there's lots of collaborative benefits when you can oh, get yeah. together. There's lots of cultural benefits when you can get together, but that doesn't mean you need to be together all the time. And, and so I really do feel like it's largely a control mechanism that, uh, you know, we have the technologies to do this. Uh, we can have effective remote teams. Uh, and so if we're forcing people to come back to the office, uh, without flexibility, without at least some sort of hybrid uh, flexibility and arrangements, I, I, I see it mostly as control and fear. And we can get past that with platforms like yours. Um, is international labor law super complex? Yes, it is. But if you have people that can help you to do it, then you don't need to be so fearful. And in fact, I was, I was doing work with one organization and we're not even talking international. We were just, we were, I was working with them and they were talking about <clears throat> um, having remote workers from other states within the U.S. Yeah, and they, fl they, they flat out said, no, we're not doing it. You have to be, you have to be not necessarily local, but you have to at least be in state. You have to be in state. Otherwise, we're not going to bother. <laughs> Which is so frustrating. But, you know, it ultimately comes down to the fact that hiring in a new state for the first time is just unbelievably bad. And so we found that uh, a lot of companies who call themselves remote will actually categorize states in usually three categories. Number one is like, we will hire here. Number two is we'll hire here and go through this process for an absolute superstar uh, and only for such. And number three is we will never hire in said state. And so, you know, this definitely falls under the bracket of, um, you know, how, how can Panther help to empower work from anywhere? So, you know, I'm a little bit teasing what we're launching in a few months, but uh, we're launching a domestic payroll product very soon that will automate all the filings when you're hiring for the first time in a new state, um, because that's ridiculous. Like, there's no reason to, you know, minimize your talent pool in, in that way, um, especially if you're comfortable working remotely. Um, you know, I, I wanted to touch on one of the things that you mentioned earlier, which is, you know, there are some people who are um, pulling back to the office. And so like, I've got a, a number of number of thoughts here. Number one is, you know, you mentioned that we have the technology to do this today. I completely wholeheartedly agree, but also you have to recognize that everything's going to get so much better, right? Like we are in year two of an industrial revolution and the way that we are working and living has fundamentally changed. And so I think in another one or two years, it'll be even that much better. Um, but when it comes to folks who are, uh, who maybe didn't like their remote experience during a pandemic, I would like ask them, you know, maybe you just didn't like the pandemic and you might be confusing the two. Um, but I think we need to uh, ask really good introspective questions. Leaders at these companies, the managers, they're the ones who feel uncomfortable because they can't look over the shoulders of their teammates and just like see what, you know, in the moment they're, they're working on. So the typical like input management uh, top down is not working. And so I think leaders need to ask themselves the questions of what pre-existing management and leadership best practices are still effective in a remote world and which ones need to be rethought of completely using first principles. Uh, and so to be honest, I don't have all the answers, right? These are the questions that we're asking ourselves at Panthers from a first principles approach. How can we rethink the all hands meeting, the one-on-ones, the successful onboardings? I think that's great. And I really like what you said about how we're going to get even better at this. <laughs> uh, yeah. are, are people worried about the international 
global complexities, yes. Are people concerned about the control issues, the, the, the cultural issues? How do you onboard successfully? How do we just run a remote team effectively? Are people concerned about those things? Yes. Uh, are perhaps less concerned now than they were two years ago, but we're still, like you said, for many organizations, they're really still pretty new at this. Um, you know, there are people that have been doing fully remote organizations with distributed teams for decades. So that's not necessarily new, but it's new to a lot of organizations. When the technology and, and processes and learnings were so amateur to what we have today. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And so what's it going to look like a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? My goodness, it, it, the sky's the limit. It's going to get better and better and better, easier and easier. And we're going to really, I mean, we're going to hurt our ability to attract and retain great people. And we're going to be way behind the eight ball if we're slow to shift and adopt uh, right. and, and move in this direction. Because all of our competitors are going to be getting the top talent from everywhere else. <laughs> and we're going to be stuck with, you know, whatever's left over. And, and chances are, we're, you know, because of that, we're going to have to cut corners and then we're not going to be able to pay people as well. Our culture's not going to be as good. And, and you're just, it's, it becomes a negative perpetuating negative cycle <laughs> that right. only is going to hurt you further. So let's, let's, this isn't like a bandwagon thing. This isn't something that is just a fad. This is the world of work we're in and we're moving further in that direction. We need to, to learn how to move into it and to shift and be effective in, in this new world. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy. Courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations. Check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. Look, one thing that you mentioned that I, I honestly just want to echo and double down on is the fact that, you know, the talent themselves, especially the best talent, they have the optionality. They're going to choose how they want to work and live. And so, uh, you know, put simply, if your organization is not allowing the talent, um, you know, to live the life that they want to live, you're going to lose that talent to an organization that will. And so it's interesting because you have the talent pulling in one direction and then you have management that is just like a little bit uncomfortable with the idea of having to be intentional about changing the way that they manage. They're used to the top down and a little bit of micromanaging. I saw a YouTube video yesterday. This pissed me off so much where um, this, uh, this woman was talking about a, a remote working hack where um, she put this thing under her mouse, her computer mouse, so that it'll keep moving. So she'll look active all day. 
And um, like that frustrated me so much, not because like I didn't think like what she was doing was bad or anything, but that management's perspective is that if she is, you know, away from the computer for some amount of time, that that means she's a bad worker. Uh, You know, the new age of management is uh, measuring performance based on outcomes, not inputs, right? And having a strong purpose and a culture of respect and trust empowering our teammates to be the best versions of themselves. So like, for example, I would be a, uh, you know, I would be looked at as a poor worker in that setting because I like to go to the gym or box in the middle of the day. What does that allow me to do? It allows me to recharge and have the most productive day built for me because I'm working again in the evening when the world's asleep because that's how I operate. But uh, if managers see that as a failure, like, oof, we've got some growing up to do. Yep. Yep. I, and I've dealt with that too. I I'm guessing I'm a little bit older than you. Um, but I'm, I'm really kind of on the old end of millennial, um, perhaps really late end of, of, uh, gen X. I I've dealt with this my whole life, (laughs) my whole working career, you know, even like having earbuds and listening to music while I work. I remember earlier in my career that was really frowned upon. (laughs) Uh And I'm Uh like, this just helps me focus, man. (laughs) Just let me put in the music. And, uh, and yeah. like get get up walk around uh take a break like d- don't go to con- constant pointless meetings like all these things i've always been a big advocate of just flexibility pr- and and finding ways that you are the most productive and efficient right and, and then and then match your your work day around that and and i've had people you know throughout my career that have been you know butt and seat in clock in, clock out, or even if you're salaried, like you should be here at this time, you don't leave until this time. Like all of that doesn't make a whole lot of sense in the modern world of work, especially for knowledge workers. Uh, we need to get past that. that. That old mentality just doesn't make sense. Now, if your boss is that way, do you have to play the game? Uh, yeah, I guess you do. And that's why you have these stupid hacks like the mouse thing, um, because people are, that's all it is. They're playing the game um, right. that they're right. forced to play. A bad that, game a bad game yeah. and it's just going to make them less effective. And so we need to get past that hopefully as soon as possible. Um, now you've mentioned a couple of times, like you don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. We're still figuring this out. Um, oh, yeah. But what are some of the things you have learned uh, through your platform, through your organization, but also just your own work experience in terms of how do we, how do we do this effectively? How do we do uh, remote teams, right? Uh, remote work, right? My answer will reflect that I don't know all the answers and how, you know, I and we are thinking through these things. So what I would try and avoid at all costs is just copy pasting the old in-office mechanisms of work and pretending like that's the same in a digital first world. So the idea of some companies, I mean, it really hurts me to even think about this, spending nine to five in a Zoom call so that you can just literally see everybody. Oh my gosh. But it's so funny hearing you say the the headphones is a great example of you did that so you can get in your flow, but it didn't fit the vibe or, you know, it didn't fit the management style. Um, And so, you know, I think one way that either remote work is not ideal now in some circumstances at some corporations and how that will change is, um, you know, we've got a, a uh, not at Panther, thankfully, but a lot of remote organizations just have a lot of meetings to make up for the otherwise quote unquote in-person water cooler time. And as a result, like a lot of people are asking themselves the question at the end of the day, the end of the week, did I actually get anything done that moves the needle? Or did I just like talk about my job? 
You know what I mean? Ad nauseum um, over and over again. The same things in multiple meetings, right? Right. No, literally. And so, you know, what what we are, um, you know, doing our best to be an early adopter at Panther and run these experiments is we're trying to adopt what we call an asynchronous by default culture. What that means is like calling a meeting. It's not that it doesn't happen, but it's a last resort. And we should instead prioritize um, conversations that can uh, break through time, whether that be a written memo that one can respond to when they're in, you know, inbox processing mode, or uh, a recorded video, high fidelity, you know, shares the same vibes. But like the idea of calling a meeting just to share information is going to be long gone. If we're going to meet synchronously, I believe that's because we need to jam together and transcend information. Right. But if you're just sharing information, no, no, no. That should not be a meeting. Email, uh, memo, video, right? right. Absol absolutely. And I, I haven't, thankfully, I haven't been in like the eight to five Zoom meeting so that they can monitor me the whole time. But I have been the proliferation of Zoom meetings. Oh my gosh. I, I thought I went to a good number of meetings pre-pandemic, but then all of a sudden I found everyone and their dog was calling a meeting because there wasn't travel time. There wasn't really limitation on how many people could be in the right. meeting. So now all of a sudden, everyone's getting invited to every meeting. And, and all of a sudden, I'm like in, sitting in Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting for six plus hours a day. It's nuts. It's insane. You know what we have to do? We have to have these calendar apps. Uh, we have to plug in each person's salary so that they can tell us how expensive each of these meetings are. You know, 30 minutes or an hour of time for each of these individuals. It's crazy. Um, and so it's going to take some time because it requires first principles thinking um, and, you know, requires us to um, to think about the actual fundamental problems that we're trying to solve. But we're not going to land where we are today, uh, which is really interesting because it means that the remote work that, you know, we enjoy today uh, is only going to get better as we learn more. Let's let's talk a little bit more about sourcing talent globally. Now, I know that's a lot of what you're you're. Um, companies trying to support organizations and doing there at Panther, you want to make it as easy and seamless as possible. Um, what do you see as the benefits to global talent uh, labor markets? Yeah. What, do you, what do you see as some of the best practices and how we can go about doing that, like actually attracting people from, you know, the other side of the world who may not know anything about your right. organization? And I do want to make a really quick clarification, which is today the Panther platform does not help with the sourcing or initial discovery of candidates. But like once you found someone, no matter where they live, whether that's in a new state or a new Got country, yep. you make it really easy to hire, pay and work with them. So I just want a quick Got clarification. Um, that being said, like, you know, we are discovering incredible talent from every square inch of this planet. Uh, we are for context we're around 25 people today in 13 different countries. And what I want to highlight is that was not intentional. You know, we never went into Azerbaijan and said, who's the best engineer here? But, um, you know, the internet is a, a shrinking village and it's bringing us closer and closer. And so when Jamil applied, he was the best person for the job and we're privileged to be able to work with him, right? And so I would say that, you know, it, it sounds obvious, but the first tip to, you know, hiring better and faster by recognizing that the entire world is your talent pool is just communicate that, right? Uh, on your careers page, get rid of 
the location descriptions, right? Uh, put yourself out there, like plain and simple, as a company that recognizes that talent and people are more important than location. Plain and simple. Step number one, that probably does 80% of the work. Um, because the reality is we've had exceptional folks from every corner of earth uh, come inbound for that reason. But then secondarily is, um, I just think that there are, and I'm happy to like call out a few uh, specific uh, places on the internet where these folks come, you know, come together and look for these types of jobs. There's a few kind of big examples today, angelist talent being the largest. Um, but over time, I think every job board will transcend into Ag agnostic, right? <laughs> yes, geo agnostic, yeah. location agnostic place to find great people to work together. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Tremendous. Uh, I think that's fantastic. Matt, it has been a pleasure. We've just scratched the surface. There's so much more we could dive on into. Thanks, We're going to have to close it up for today, but before we wrap up, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about Panther, find out more about your team, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, my name is Matt again, founder at Panther. You can uh, find me on LinkedIn or on Twitter, both Matt Redler. Uh, our website is panther.co.com yet. Hopefully one day soon we'll, <laughs> we'll acquire that and transfer over. But, you know, we are empowering work from anywhere. And if you want to be a part of this uh, new revolution about the way that we live and work, uh, please check out our careers page or, uh, you know, we'd love to help support you if you and your organizations, um, you know, are, are driving this forward and trying to create the best um, work-life environment possible. So cheers, everybody. Thanks again, John. Thank you, Matt. It's been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Matt and his team can do for you. Check out Panther. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think.
the alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.